Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the players have spoke. They got the top 100 list out from 2022, and the Raiders have three players, not in the top 100, but in the top 20. We'll talk about it all, plus a lot more, coming up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for August 4th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And, of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, man, thank you. That's awesome. Really, the page has grown in a major way, over 7,000 subscribers. We definitely appreciate you, Raider Nation, always supporting and always looking for Raiders content. And we definitely are happy to be here to help provide that. As there's many different content providers out there, all do a fantastic job. Definitely appreciate you coming and checking in with the Lockdown Raiders podcast for a few minutes each and every day. We definitely appreciate that. We appreciate my man Ari, who makes sure we're up on YouTube each and every day. You can check out Ari on Twitter at Ari Produces. And of course, you can hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line at 707 654 4693. We got your calls and texts coming up in segment number three of the show. So that'll be uh, how we close out the show and close out the week today. Uh, and then also, segment number two. Josina Anderson, longtime NFL insider. I had an opportunity to catch up with her on Wednesday on my radio show to talk all things NFL and uh, talk about Josh Jacobs and the situation with him and the Raiders. And what sparked this is a tweet that she put out talking about, my understanding is the Raiders are open to restarting talks with running back Josh Jacobs with the hopes of getting him in to rejoin the team, which still remains the goal for the organization. I saw that tweet reached out to her, got her on my radio show, and talked to her all things Josh Jacobs, but then we also talked all things NFL. I'm not going to bring you the whole conversation because it's like 20-something minutes long, but I will bring you the part about Josh Jacobs, which is probably a good eight or nine minutes. You'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I always like to hit you with the news and notes of the day, whatever ever I gather. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Before we do, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show and let you know that it is eBay Motors. And today's episode of the Lockdown Raiders podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Nah, I ain't talking about him. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes. And off top, want to talk about a roster move that the Raiders made. And the other day, they assigned tight end Jacob Hollister. Well, they had to make a corresponding move. And I didn't know if it was going to be Brandon Faison. Maybe he was going to be a guy that was put on IR as he was carted off of practice uh, on Tuesday. And it looked like it was a pretty bad injury. Comes to find out when we talked to head coach Josh McDaniels on Wednesday, it didn't sound as bad as it looked. So then I thought, okay, it's not going to be him. So it's got to be somebody that's got to be the corresponding move to make them legal as they need to get down to 90 men. Well, on uh, Thursday, we found out The Raiders placed running back Austin Walter on the reserve injured list. He's done for the year. He cannot come back. Plenty of people hit me up and said, wait, hold on. I thought you could bring guys back from IR, a couple guys back. You can after the 53-man roster is set. So anytime between now and the 53-man roster being set, anyone across the league goes on IR. They are done for the season. It's just that simple. So Austin Walter uh, was in a running back room that was somewhat crowded, especially when you anticipate Josh Jacobs returning, but now it's a little bit thinner, right? Of course, Zamir White's there. Britton Brown is there. Brandon Bolden is there. Uh, Amir Abdullah is there. Sincere McCormick is there. 
And that's really all. Austin Walter is on the IR. He's done for the season. Josh Jacobs has not returned yet. So there's that. So Austin Walter on the reserve injured list, Dunzo for the season. I mentioned the top 100 list. Uh, I don't really get caught up in these too often, but I do like to pay attention when the players vote on the guys across the league because those are the peers. Those are the guys that they play with, and it kind of shows you the respect level. I, I still think it's a... You know, it's a, a popularity contest at times, but it still is the is the thoughts of the players. So when the players vote on it and all of a sudden you see a team that only had six wins in 2022 end up with three guys, not in the top 100, but in the top 20, kind of tells you that talent wasn't the problem for the silver and black. Coming in at number 17, Mad Max Crosby. He had 12 and a half sacks, 22 tackles for loss, 36 quarterback hits, four passes defense, three forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and one block kick. Is that all? <laughs> right? What didn't he do in 2022? But that's just enough fuel to continue to push Max, right? He tweeted out, quote tweeted and said, hey, this is just the beginning. So you know he wants to be a lot higher than 17th. That's not what he's looking for. That's not what he wants. He wants to be the number one spot. But that's enough to push him, right? See something like that. Of course, Max did everything for the Raiders and just wasn't enough uh, on, on, on that side of the ball. Not enough guys coming together and making plays. Not enough from Chandler Jones. Not enough from... Trayvon Merrick, not enough from the linebackers, not enough from Bilal Nichols and, you know, Andrew Billings at the time and the guys in the interior just wasn't enough to be able to have that Raiders defense be a lot better than it was. Jerry Tillery, right? None of those guys provided enough, but Max Crosby did everything that he could. Coming in at number 13, wide receiver Devontae Adams, 17 games, 100 catches, 1,516 yards, 14 touchdowns. Do I really have to elaborate on Devontae Adams? He's Devontae freaking Adams. <laughs> right, he's that stinking good. I knew he was great when he was in Green Bay. When you get a chance to see him up close and personal, you see him in practice, you see how effortless he makes everything look, you really realize how great he is. So he came in at number 13, again, with uh, 1,516 yards, 14 touchdowns on 100 catches, and then right one spot ahead of him was the league's leading rusher. Number 12, running back Josh Jacobs, 17 games, 1,653 yards rushing, led the league, and had 12 touchdowns. And uh, we all know how valuable Josh Jacobs were, was to the Raiders and was the identif- uh, identity of the Raiders team in 2022. So I say that, I bring that to the table. Again, I never get caught up on these lists. Again, I feel like they're popularity contests, but I say that to tell you that talent was never, ever a question when it came to the Raiders. They had plenty of talent in 2022. There was a reason why many people like myself were very high on the team thinking, you know what, they're going to be able to make a run. They're going to compete with anybody, especially offensively, because they had the talent. You know, you look at all those guys that I just mentioned between Max, Devontae, and Josh, you think about Derek Carr, you think about Hunter Renfro, you think about Darren Waller, you think about Chandler Jones, right? You think about Nate Hobbs, Denzel Perryman, Trayvon Merrick, right? You're thinking all these guys are going to come together. Colton Miller, you know, there were some questions about the offensive line, but it obviously eventually came together. But the problem was the execution. The execution of the talent wasn't there. And that's not exclusive for just the players. That goes with the coaches as well. I don't think Josh McDaniels knew how to use Hunter Renfro that well. Uh, obviously, him and Darren Waller never got on the same page, even though they gave Waller an extension. They gave Renfro an extension. Both guys ended up injured. And, and again, I just feel like the philosophies weren't the, on the same page when it came to Waller. Uh, I don't think Derek Carr and, jo- and Josh McDaniels ever got on the same system, uh, same page. So that's fine. Right. OK, they won six games. They did their best that they could. I think that there's more talent. Now, on the defensive side of things, can they come together and can they be playmakers? That remains to be seen. I think just the overall talent on the defensive side is better than it was last year, but they've got to go out there and prove it. 
Now that, you know, Josh McDaniels has his guys on offense, Jimmy G, Jacoby Myers, right? I mean, Josh Jacobs, I'm assuming, will be back sooner rather than later. Uh, they have their guy in Michael Mayer, the tight end, who is more of the traditional type tight end, even though he's not as athletic as Darren Waller. I mean, there's, there's guys like Hunter Renfro's out there making plays and looking like the Hunter Renfro of old and seems like Josh McDaniels understands him now. Now that he has all that going for him, how do they execute it? It should be a lot better than 6-11. and 11. But, again, they play in a tough division in the AFC West, playing a very tough conference in the AFC in general. So we'll see. But, again, my big thing as far as the Raiders go in 2022 and that 6-11 and 11 record, it was never a talent problem. There's some teams, including old Raider teams, that you look at and you're like, yeah, they don't have that much talent. When guys, when, when years when Andre Holmes was like the best wide receiver on the team or one of the best wide receivers, right? Lewis Murphy, one of the best wide receivers. Jacoby Ford, and I like Jacoby Ford a lot, but the, you could tell there were some of those teams that just weren't that talented. You know, when Denarius Moore was one of the best wide receivers and then they leave him, Jacoby Ford, they leave. Lewis Murphy, they really don't do a whole lot in the NFL once they leave the Raiders because, well, they just weren't as talented as other teams and other, other players. So, uh, you know, there's, there's been teams that the Raiders have had they haven't had a ton of talent. Last year's Raiders was not that team. They just didn't execute the way they should with the talent that they had. Again, from the players and the coaches. It's not exclusive to the players. Please believe that. The coaches had a lot to do with that as well. One guy who performed at a very high level, and really I don't think that Josh McDaniels understood what he was going to do, is Josh Jacobs. Right? Didn't even really make him the bell cow to what, week five or six? Then all of a sudden it's like, hey, this guy's pretty good. I should get him the ball more often. Well, right now... He has a, a contract. He's holding the franchise tag. Hasn't signed it yet. Sounds like sooner rather than later, he probably will. We saw what happened in the Giants with Saquon Barkley. I'm assuming something like that's going to happen with Josh Jacobs. But I had a chance to catch up with Josina Anderson, NFL insider. She works for CBS Sports now. She was on my radio show, and we talked all things Josh Jacobs. You'll hear that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. And we'll get to that right after I tell you about underdog fantasy. With August being here, you know what that means, right? The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger. With $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including a crazy $3 million going to the winner, Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So, well, what are you waiting for? Time is ticking. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. Sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. Again, you want to get your first deposit doubled up to $100? You can do that. Visit underdogfantasy.com. Find them in the App Store. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. I mentioned it on Thursday's show that I wanted to close out the week with the conversation that I had with NFL insider from CBS Sports, Josina Anderson. I've uh, been a big Josina Anderson fan for a very long time, ever since she was on ESPN. It's been a pleasure getting to you know know her and have her on my radio show and be able to interview her at the Super Bowl or, as I mentioned, just have her as a guest on my radio show. Well, she put out a tweet uh, a couple days ago saying, my understanding is the Raiders are open to restarting talks with running back Josh Jacobs with the hopes of getting him to rejoin the team, which still remains the goal for the organization. So as I welcomed her onto my show on Wednesday, I said, okay, Josina, that's your tweet right there. What, how much further can you expand on that conversation? What else do you know about this situation? 
Well, of course, I know a lot more, but it's about what I can say. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I mean, I think the operative word in that tweet is, you know, uh, restarting. And so, obviously, inherently, that lets you know that, um, you know, there's a desire to commence talking again. So, that obviously lets you know if you have to start something, that something needs to be started again. So, you know, obviously, you have that aspect of it. And then, um, two is if you really just kind of go back to the combine when I was in Indianapolis and, you know, I have heard since then that, you know, the desire has been to consummate a deal and not just a one year deal or amplified one year deal after the multi year deadline, but it has always been to have Josh Jacobs a part of the team, have a multi year deal. And matter of fact, you know, my understanding too, was prior to, uh, you know, everyone kind of disbanding for the summer that the vibe in the building was there was going to be optimism that it was going to get done. But invariably, in any contract negotiation, you have, you know, two sides. And you have what the team is trying to do and, uh, in all fairness, trying to execute its business to the degree that, the organization feels not only that it is appropriate, but that it is in line with the market. And then on the other side, you have the player who uh, is assessing his worth and attacking a number figure to that and trying to get as close to that as possible. And because of that, it becomes very, very, very personal. And I emphasize with that. I respect that. I understand that. We go through it in the journalism business because mm-hmm. journalism is also in the TV industry, the radio, everything that you do, is a, it's a gig business. And I get that. Um, you know, but the good news here is that I do think that there's room to talk. I do think that there's some room to be um, creative to a degree. Um, and, um, you know, the vibe is welcoming. So, you know, both sides have to, you know, meet at the table, and those talks have to get started in order for something to be finished. Again, we're talking or with restarted, Jos- rather. Right. There's no doubt. Again, we're talking with Josina Anderson from CBS Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So uh, there's been reports, and I don't know what's true and what's not about, you know, what was offered, what wasn't offered. From your understanding, was the big hang-up more the, the guaranteed money or, or like, the, the success in of years? Um, I can't um, go into those details. I do know the answer to that, but okay. I can't go into detail with that. But what I what I can say is what my opinion as to um, what I think might be a good idea to resolve the situation. And I did, um, you know, kind of a similar thing when the Ravens were going through this with Lamar. And I came on Twitter and I, you know, put the idea of, you know, an amplified one-year deal that, um, you know, would have him paid over Kyler Murray, but obviously less than um, than Aaron Rodgers. And, and, you know, maybe that would be something that could get it done or at least just kind of take the air out the balloon and, and defrost everything after Lamar had went to Arizona, or excuse me, after the Ravens were in Arizona at the owners' meetings, and he surprised John Harbaugh with that announcement of a trade demand. And so I was trying to, you know, kind of think of, okay, what could work? So in my opinion, it, it is, uh, uh, you know, the idea of an, an amplified one-year deal. Obviously, you can't do more than one. Right. And because uh, Derrick Henry made 
uh, 25.5 million um, guaranteed in the two years, um, in the first two years of his deal when the Titans gave Derrick Henry his deal uh, three years ago. And we can have that debate, you and I, if you want to, as far as, you know, why that was deserving him having the Russian title and two plus seasons of, or two seasons rather coming into that deal of a thousand yards or more. So we can, we can talk about how apples to apples and that this is with Josh Jacobs. Right. Um, but I do feel like given that that deal and he got that guaranteed over the first two years, um, averaging out at 12.75, um, and that was three years ago. And we all know for your people that are listening that the cap goes up an average of about seven to eight percent a year. I do think that Josh has an argument to at least have a deal that allows him at least to make up to twelve point nine, if not thirteen million. Based on the fact also you're looking at what just happened with Saquon, you know, situation basically getting the tag a uh, value of 10.091 and then an opportunity to make another 909,000 in incentives to bring him to 11 million. So if I'm going to Josh, you know, and I'm saying, okay, look, I recognize that you were the rushing leader. I recognize, you know, what percentage of our offense you were and, you know, I'm trying to make good. Now, based on where the market is going, I don't even have to do none of this. Right. Fact, I can also rescind the t- I don't even have to do none of this. But because I recognize that that is, you know, what it is. And on top of that, I'm going to add a little bit of whipped cream on top of that as far as allowing you to make more than Derek. Not because I have to. Not because the market is currently dictating that. But because in my mind, and this is my opinion, nothing nobody said was my opinion. I do agree that you have to pay a little bit of a tax for mul- for multiple reasons when you're doing a contract. Sometimes it's because the guy is the absolute franchise face, like I believe Saquon is for the Giants when it comes to the you know comparison to everybody else, like and Daniel Jones. When Monday Night Football comes to town, they they market in Saquon. You got to pay for that. You got to pay some t- sometimes in a contract negotiation. You got to pay for the good guy tax. Right. You know, he's a great representative of your corporation. In Josh, Josh's case and in, in some of these other running backs' case, I also agree that you want, to, you want to pay a little bit of a tax because you want the guy to come up full mind, body, and soul in addition to getting his money that he didn't really get because it's not a multi-year deal. You understand what I'm saying? So this is what, for me, takes it to why I would at least allow him to, in my opinion, at the very least, I'm not, I'm not saying this is what he is, not worth Christian and all this other stuff. I'm just saying given what I'm hearing, you know, what I, and the market is, this is to me what I would do to kind of try to bring it in the middle. So there was a conversation with – Josina Anderson from CBS Sports, NFL Insider, longtime NFL Insider. Uh, that was just about Josh Jacobs. We talked all things NFL. We talked about Jonathan Taylor, Sean Payton, and a whole lot more. But I just thought that it was important to bring the Josh Jacobs stuff to this podcast so you can hear it and maybe get a little bit of clarity of where it could go. And when I say clarity, it's because when she suggests something and says, you know, this is what I think may happen and, and uh, this is just me talking – it's, it's her talking from a, a point of, of some kind of conversation. She heard something. She's been told something. So she has a little bit more clarity than she's leading on to. And you can hear her talk about that uh, in that segment. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Joe Cena Anderson. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. Draft that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. It comes up next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. 
your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. As we close out the week really strong on this Friday, Raider Meatloaf, he's up first. He's calling to talk about the Raiders having three players in the top 20 and what he feels like that means. Here he is, Raider Meatloaf. Hey, what's up, Q? It's Raider Meatloaf here. Um, looking at the uh, top 100, I know it doesn't have anything to do with, uh, like, the real deal, but to see we got three Raiders in the top 20, that's big time. And I'm not saying that, you know, that means we're going to get wins, but, uh, looking at all these guys' contracts, Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, Josh Jacobs is in the process of getting paid. Um, it looks like we're going to have to, to, to like 2026 to win. Um, I'm a Angel fan and Otani's on the Angels and, you know, times are ticking for the Angels to win and I, kind of see it the same way with the Raiders. I don't know if there's any other team with uh, three players within the top 20, but, um, you know, not saying that's the end-all, be-all, but I agree with those rankings. Maybe Josh Jacobs could have been outside of the 20, but he's close to that 20. IQ, take care. Thank you, sir, for the call. Appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, I think all three of the guys in the top 20 mean something. Right. I mean, I, I, again, I don't get caught up in it too much, but it's quality talent that they have. Clearly, you have dudes, a running back, a wide receiver, an edge rusher. You know, you, you should have more success than what the Raiders had in 2022. Again, as I mentioned in segment number one, talent was never the problem. It was execution. So, you know, if they take that, they feed off that. They're motivated by that and they go out there and execute at a higher level. And again, as I mentioned, players and coaches go out and execute at a higher level. The Raiders success and their, uh, their wins should be better than it was in 2022. Now, ultimately, what does that mean? Only time will tell. But I feel like that they should be a lot better than 6-11, and 11, what their record was in 2022. Thank you for that call. I appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Southern Indiana Raider. It says, hey, Q, Southern Indiana Raider here listening to your recaps of camp. I got to thinking about what my biggest concerns are. For me, it's all on the head coach and the D.C. They tweaked the roster to get their players, mainly the quarterback and wide receiver on offense, and injured players with potential upside on defense. I'm fairly confident that this regime will get at least two more years to win. At this stage, the head coach hasn't proven to be capable of getting the job done. The defense was historically bad last year, so they have nowhere to go but up. My expectations aren't high or low, but completely unknown. Hoping for the best. Thanks, as always, for the work you do. That Southern Indiana Raider and... I've said that before. Thank you for that text. I've said that before where I wasn't sure what to expect. I feel like I'm getting a better idea of what this team could be the more I'm at training camp, but it's only been a handful of practices, seven to be exact, two padded practices. We'll be back there today. Matter of fact, 915 is when practice starts Pacific time. Uh, and then we'll be there all weekend long. So the more that they practice, especially when they have the joint practices with the 49ers and the Rams, that I think will tell us a lot of who this team could be because the 49ers defense is going to get after it. If the Raiders' offense can go out there and thrive a little bit, I think that they're going to be good, right? The defense has got to be able to complement. Like you said, the defense was historically bad. They've got to be able to complement the offense. They've got to be better. I think they have better players this year, 
right? I think Marcus Epps is an upgrade. I really do. I think Jagorian Bennett's going to show to be an upgrade. Uh, you know, Nate Hobbs healthy is going to help. Tyler Hall a little bit longer in the, in the system. I think he's going to be an upgrade. Trayvon Merrick is a big question mark. The linebacking core, still a question mark. How much better can Robert Spillane be than, say, Denzel Perryman? Is he better than Denzel Perryman? Is Luke Masterson better in, in year two? Is Darian Butler a contributor uh, in the linebacking room, or is he more of a, a special teams guy, right? So there's some questions still. You know, Jerry Tillery is a guy that I, I have my eye on. Can he step up and be kind of the silent assassin where he's not, you know, a guy that's just going to go have 10, 15 sacks or whatever, but can he be pretty productive from the interior? If he can, all of a sudden Max is better. Can Chandler Jones be better than he was last year? He should be. He got the bag. Now go out and earn it, right? Tyree Wilson, when's he going to be ready? He hasn't been at camp yet. When's he going to be available? When's a Byron Young going to be available? He hasn't been in camp yet. You know, guys like that. Neil Farrell Jr., is he going to make an appearance? So they have a lot of questions that they have not answered, but I feel like that they have more talent on the defensive side of the ball than they had last year. They just got to go out there and put it all together. But thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, I got a call from Brian from L.A. He's calling to talk about the Hall of Fame game and what he saw from Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, out of UCLA. Here he is, Brian from L.A. Hey, Chew, this is Brian from L.A. Man, I know you caught the Hall of Fame game. And I'm kind of like a little bothered, disappointed a little bit because just to watch Dorian Thompson-Robinson ball out, it's just like I was pounding the table. And I remember you was talking about him a lot. Pounding the table for the Raiders to draft this kid, man. Get that, go get that dude. And like, just to watch him have success. I know it's just one piece of the game, but just to watch the talent. And it's like, the Raiders need that. Like, that's what the Raiders need. That's what the Raiders need. I don't understand. It's like, why we, we didn't take a shot, man. And just to watch him, he looks pretty good. Looks pretty solid to me. You know, like, Deshaun Watson may got something to worry about, you know, but I get it. It's preseason. You know, the starters not playing. But just to watch him out there just, just kind of like lit a spark, you know, it just, it just makes me, it bothers me that I, the Raiders could have had that, you know. The Raiders should have had that quarterback controversy going on early, you know. It, it really disappointed me because that dude's going to be nice, man. Like, he, I don't know if he's going to be nice, nice, but he's going to be solid, you know. But that could have been a problem the Raiders could have had, you know. Now, just to watch him just do the things he was doing with the Browns, it's just like, oh, my goodness. Oh, the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders. The Raiders can have those problems, you know. And to watch the other team have those problems, it kind of bothers me a little bit. It's just like, uh, you know, now I got to, I'm going to be, you know, over here getting a pair and contracting, you know, DCR to Aiden, you know, like just trying to see, like, I hope he balls out too similar. You know, I, I just hope he outplays him, to be honest. But I don't know. I, I find that to wish for and if he doesn't, it's just like that little head scratching move. It's just like, oh, the Raiders, DTR was available. We had the opportunity. We had the chance. We could have took him, but we didn't. But uh, that's all I wanted to say to you. Man, I know you watched, too. You probably were shaking your head, too. Like, oh, my goodness, man. He's out there balling. Like, the Raiders literally could have dropped that dude, man. Could have dropped that kid. That's all I want to say to you. Uh, appreciate it, man. Bye. 
Brian, thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, you know I watched the game. I was doing uh, ESPN radio. I was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons with my guy Emmett Golden from uh, ESPN Cleveland. We did the show together, and we were monitoring the game. I was also watching a little slam ball. But uh, yeah, DTR looked really good. There was a lot of people hitting me up on Twitter talking about DTR. Uh, of course, he's a Las Vegas native. He went to Bishop Gorman. Uh, he was the guy that I interviewed at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, he was a guy that I talked about that maybe the Raiders would, would take a flyer on him. They didn't, right? So the Cleveland Browns got him. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I'm not going to overreact to the Hall of Fame game. It's just one of four preseason games for the Browns and the Jets. But, you know, we'll see. He's definitely someone to monitor, right? What's his career end up looking like? What's Aiden O'Connell's? You know, the the, the, the Raiders decided to go with Aiden O'Connell. The Browns got DTR. You know, so, so we'll just pay attention to it. But I, I think he has some talent, right? But I'm not going to overreact to the first game. But I did get a lot of people hitting me up saying, man, DTR is balling. I knew the Raiders should have got him. And it's easy to say at this point, right? But, you know, who knows? Only time will tell. A lot of times guys look fantastic in preseason, and then they don't turn out to be worth the salt. Hell, the Raiders were 4-0 in preseason last year, and, well, we all know how the season went. So thanks for that, that call. I do appreciate you. But, yeah, he looked good in preseason game number one, that's for sure. Up next, got a text from Raider Rowe. Hey, Q, it's Raider Rowe. What do you think if the Raiders went and signed Jadavion Clowney or Unique Ngakwe? Let go of Koontz since he doesn't get any burn anyway. I feel like those two still got a little in them, and I was a big fan of Koontz but didn't see anything when he was in special teams last year. Robert Spillane sounds like an effing dog. Got me hyped up listening to his press conference because someone finally outside of Crosby is speaking on how this defense should be. If you got time, you should put it on the show for those who haven't listened to it. Keep doing your thing. Raiders. That's from Raider Row. And, yeah, uh, Robert Spillane was fantastic. Right? And, and I, I just want to know what his role is going to be. I know that he's not good in coverage, but – He's a guy that clearly understands football and understands what he was saying, what he was saying last Saturday to us at the media room. I was fired up. I was juiced because just like you, yeah, he sounds like a dog. He's got to go out there and execute. But I want to see how they use him in this offense because, well, you're in a division like the AFC West when you got guys like Travis Kelsey that you're going to have to figure out how to cover. I just want to see how the Raiders decide to use their linebackers. I still think that that room is the weak link. Unfortunately, Unique Ngakwe uh, agreed to a deal with the Bears on uh, on Thursday night. One year, $10.5 million, $10 million guaranteed. So I tweeted out, well, the Bears are guaranteed to get eight sacks because he's, he's a guy that's going to give you eight sacks at least every year. When he was with the Raiders, he had ten and a half, right? I mean, he led the team in sacks. So uh, I would have loved to seen the Raiders re-sign him. I didn't think it was going to happen, especially after they traded him to the Colts for Rocky Ossine and, uh, you know, but – it, it just kind of is what it is. They brought in Chandler Jones. They hitched their wagon to him. He wasn't that guy, right? It would have made more sense, I guess, in, in, in the long run to just keep Unique Ngakwe and not sign Chandler Jones at all, and you would have got at least eight sacks, but it didn't happen. Clowney, I'm not a big fan of. I just don't think that he really brings too much juice to the table, but I'm with you, Raider Raw. I would love to see Unique Ngakwe back in the silver and black. I'm sure Max Crosby would have as well, as he's a big fan. I don't think you can have too many guys on the edge uh, getting after the quarterback. No, I just, I just don't. That's kind of the 49ers philosophy, right? Just have waves of guys that are after the quarterback that are really quality guys. They have a lot of first-rounders, former first-rounders on that defensive line. So, uh, Raider Row, thanks for that text. I do appreciate you. And finally, we'll close things out with Raider Izzy. He's calling to talk about the camp battle between DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker, something I was talking about on Thursday's show. Here he is, Raider Izzy. What up, you, Raider Izzy? Uh, I had a quick question for you. We're um, kind of talking about the uh, – Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter um, can't battle, and I, I totally get it. But why? Why are we? Maybe I missed something. If I missed something, tell me. Why are we under the assumption that the winner of that battle is going to like to make the team 
why why is it like we can't utilize both of them? Carter gets cut and Trey Tucker wins the job and Carter gets cut. Like what are we you know, Keelan Cole or Philip Dorsett or Cam Sims or Wilkerson or like I mean what why why not just keep both of them? Like I understand Cam Sims, you know, bigger target in the red zone, I get it. I understand, but like why don't why don't we just keep both and utilize both of them and be creative? Like I, I don't understand why I guess the better way of wording it is that if Tucker keeps doing what he's doing, Carter's gonna get cut. I, I don't understand why we can't just keep both of them and add it and just keep it as another button. I, I just don't get that. I swear if you can explain it to me. Again, maybe I miss something. Um maybe somebody said that. I have no idea. But um yeah, let me know, bro. Um hope the show is always putting later. Izzy, thanks for the call, my man. And honestly, they don't have to move on from DeAndre Carter. They're not going to move on from Trey Tucker at all. As, you know, a third-round pick, you know he's not going to get moved on from. They don't have to move on from DeAndre Carter. I'm just I'm assuming that that's, the, that's what the battle is. For me, for all standing there watching it, it looks like those two guys are very similar. So I would assume that Dave Ziegler, and this is just me assuming, doesn't mean that I'm right. I'm assuming that Dave Ziegler and company are going to say, we don't need two guys that do the exact same thing. But you know what? On the other hand, maybe they will. Maybe they'll say, you know what, we'll start out with DeAndre Carter doing what, you know, what Trey Tucker is going to do in the long haul. But we'll have, I mean, neither one of these guys make a lot of money, right? I mean, I think DeAndre Carter is like $1.5 million and Trey Tucker is a former third round pick. So, I mean, he's not going to make a whole lot of money either. So it's not a money thing. I just feel like, you know, with DeAndre Carter being a little bit older, I think he's around 30 and, you know, similar to Trey Tucker. If they feel like Trey Tucker can get on the field and perform uh, early, and give them the same kind of juice that DeAndre Carter, then they don't need to. So they can, you know, move move on from one of those guys in, in Carter and then have other. I mean, they have 11 wide receivers in their room right now. But maybe they do keep both. Maybe Carter starts out as the primary kick returner, punt returner, and that uh, extra wide receiver. And then at some way, in some point throughout the season, they say, you know what, Trey Tucker, we feel comfortable with having him out here. And they, you know, they keep him. Maybe Philip Dorsett's on the outside looking in. Right. I mean, he's not a guy that you expect to be on special teams. So maybe he's the guy, you know, as long as Trey Tucker's got the speed, which he does. DeAndre Carter has a speed, which he does. Right. So so maybe it's Philip Dorsett. Maybe I got the wrong battle, but I just I know that 11 wide receivers clearly aren't going to make the team. So there's going to be some tough decisions that are made. And I just kind of look at Trey Tucker, who's been shining so far in training camp early on. He's been shining. I just thought that the battle was between him and DeAndre Carter. So it could be someone else. You could be absolutely right. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, there's still plenty of time between now and the 29th when they have to have the roster cut down to 53 men. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. And that's going to do it for the show uh, today. As I mentioned, we'll be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center at 915. That's when practice gets started, 915 to about 11. We'll talk to players uh, and coaches following that. And uh, then we'll head into the weekend. And there'll be some uh, practice sessions then as well, Saturday and Sunday. So we'll be out there all week long. We'll be back here on the podcast on Monday to talk about the recap, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.